Buenos nachos, amigos, and welcome back to another fine episode of the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we are rolling and going along uh, now again with more wrestling talk. Here with me, I'm Petey Rave. Here with me, as always, is my co-host, David Jeffrey Majors, a.k.a. DJM. How you doing, DJM? Pasta Vallejos, my friend. Hello, one and all. Welcome to the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast, the only wrestling podcast where you can tune in and find out exactly who's going to be on WWE NXT within the next year or so. Yes. Uh, and, Petey Rave, we are continuing the awesome series in which... Pedro and myself, we delve into the very best that indie wrestling has to offer, and we spread it amongst you, the Fanny Pack audience. And we have two return guests this evening. Petey, do me a favor, introduce our guests. Uh, we have my co-host on Record Breakers, a fine gentleman, uh, mustachioed master, <laughs> one of the quorum. We have none other than Drew Snyder, Drewcifer. How you doing, Drew? I'm doing fantastic. How are y'all this evening? We're doing good. I can't complain. It's in the contract. Yes, I know. Yes, I, I drew it well. Uh, and DJM, DJM, who else do we have on this episode? Well, our, our other guest this evening is a man that needs no introduction, but he deserves one, so I'm going to give him one. He is one half of the fantastic Haliujuku podcast with my good friend Pedro Ravello. He is the man. He is the man behind all things. <laughs> what? What did I do wrong? <laughs> no. Oh. Him yelling at cats. I'm sorry. See, I was, <laughs> see, I was trying to be nice, this trying fucker. to give, trying to give you a decent intro, hoping you would be a little bit professional for once. Have you ever met me? <sighs> just once, just once, just once is all I'm asking. Listen Ladies to him on the record breakers. He was three sheets to the wind. <laughs> My pod. My podcast co-host, he is the other nerdy black guy whom do you hear shooting the shit occasionally. King Kaz himself, the incomparable hey, Miss Brandon Cooper. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I try, everybody. I try. Be one of those days, folks. Like a good worker that I am, working the loop, traveling the territories, I do the best I can to, to get what I can out out of the talent, and I i don't know. Right. I'm, I'm doing uh, what I can. P- Petey's the booker here, and I'm doing the best <laughs> I can to pull a good match out, out of this kid, and I, I don't yes. know what to do. <laughs> uh, I really like three opponents, and I was only in the ring with one. Um, I'm like Steve, he's not a good like, brother, Petey. He, yes. he's not, like Luke Gallows would say, he's not being a good brother. No. Uh, like Steve Shack in the ninth, I'm gonna pull this thing together, uh, and nail this down and get back on the ball. Uh, we're gonna have to talk about something interesting, uh, kind of, uh, in the departure, my kind of half of the, the sort of awesome series, uh, I guess the awesome progression of a, of a company that has been growing for the past couple of years. Uh, we have the latest offering from Beyond Wrestling. Uh, here's, here's a funny thing, uh, Let's go back to the beginning of our journey with Beyond Wrestling. So we started with these same guys <laughs> uh, early on in the show with an event called Point of No Return, where it was Beyond Wrestling, uh, 
doing their events still where they were. It was just wrestling for wrestlers, you know, enclosed audience, uh, as kind of our, their safe haven for their creative, uh, outlet. Uh, and it was just a small little company headlined by Andrew, you know, Drew Cordero, okay, Denver, Colorado, the man, not the place. Uh, and we were impressed. Uh, we also demanded we bring back Battle Dome. You can go check that episode out. Uh, we also revisited Beyond Wrestling for an event called American Rana, uh, last year. Uh, it was a fun event. Uh, again, these guys. <laughs> I realized I basically made these guys the Beyond Wrestling, uh, reviewers. The, the Rolodex is starting to spin, ladies and yes. gentlemen. Yes. Uh, okay. good but, guess, good guess. But what is interesting, because that is a happy accident, because we get to kind of see how a company progresses, especially a young company in Beyond Wrestling, because we were definitely impressed with Beyond Wrestling last time we 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 discussed them last year with their uh, first American Rana, uh, which starred Kevin Steen, by the way. <laughs> uh, if you ever want to see Kevin Steen look like an onion with 50 skewers uh, spiked into the top of his head, go check out American Rana 2013. It's a fine show. You can watch, you can get just that match for $2.99 on the Beyond Wrestling's YouTube. Um, but now we are here with American Rana 14 and we're going to see the next big event. This is a very hyped event. Uh, we're going to watch and we're going to be discussing the raw footage, uh, because, uh, and more into the story. I'm making, I'm to, to kind of, I'm getting into this, uh, long winded uh, story, but, uh, last year's American Rana, we were impressed, but, the one obstacle for us to review the show was the availability. Uh, Drew Cordero was taking care of editing together a multi-camera shoot. Uh, and it took him till he was able, able to release the DVDs to release it fully. Now this time, he has gone and made available very, fairly quickly a raw footage version of American Run of 14, uh, with wrestler commentary and one viewing angle. Still high def, still great, uh, great video, and it's still you get a chance to watch the event. So we're going to be discussing this from the context of that. Uh, a hyped event available fairly quickly, you know, in a, in the way that it can be. So, DJM, how do you remember? What have, has been your impression of, of Beyond Wrestling so far? My opinion of Beyond Wrestling is that it is a very good indie wrestling promotion. It is not flawless, but it is very good. Overall, I, I think that Beyond Wrestling really has room to grow, but it has, as the kids like to say, and to use a sports cliche, it has plenty of upside. Mm -hmm. I think the talent roster is interesting. It has some guys that you don't normally see across the various indies, which is always good. And as long as they keep Steve the Turtle Weiner off the commentary, it really helps the product very well. Uh, ju just to clarify, this was the raw feed, uh, so it was single camera. Uh, so I imagine when it does have the, the DVD release, it will be multi-camera. But I'll have my thoughts on that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, let me ask uh, you, Drew. What 
What were your expectations now that you, this is kind of your third Beyond Wrestling? Uh, what were your expectations going into this event and going into watching this event? Um, having, having seen, uh, Beyond Wrestling a few times, as you said, um, I was expecting something really polished before an indie wrestling um, thing. Um, was what I was expecting. <laughs> um, for an indie wrestler. Um, I was expecting a couple of funny characters, some serious ones. Um, and them to be pretty on the ball as far as that went. Um, I didn't, I didn't realize it was raw footage until partway in and I saw it and I was like, oh, okay, this must be before the edit, which now that you say that makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I was expecting a good time, a fun time and a bit of lunacy, which yes. we will talk about that, I guess, later. Yes, we were talking about that. Uh, Kaz, I must ask you, what was, what were your expectations coming into this, uh, event? You say I enjoyed this before, right? <laughs> we, we enjoyed some, quite a bit of it. Now, I don't know if we yeah. thought that was perfect, but we enjoyed the last couple of events. We had fun with them. There, there was definitely fun to be had, but I think I was on the wrong side of it. <laughs> I think it's it's one of those things where like if you were there holy shit that would have been epic. If you were here in my chair watching the Titanic be built and then somebody told you you were going to watch the Titanic you're like I don't know if I can sit through that. <laughs> like <laughs> like I I'm going to cut myself. No, it's fine. <laughs> like um, but I, I still enjoyed the matches overall, but <sighs> that one view and angle, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know I will, I will, we'll talk about that, the, the production. Uh, Petey, bit. Let's start. Let, let's just, yes. no, PD, let's just, let's just throw this out there. Was this the only version available at the time? Yes, this was the only available okay. version at the time. This is right. like last time, uh, Drew Cordero is busy trying to get an edited version together and have it packed and ready for release, uh, mm-hmm. I, I assume. And this is what he's, instead of having nothing, people who want to see the event and want to see what happened at American Round of 14 can watch this. Um, I will have something to say about that later because okay. uh, I'm not going to give him a pass. Okay. Alright, so then that's an important thing to discuss. Uh, but let's just get into the wrestling first. Um, we have, of course, a kind of a, one of the staples in indie wrestling, starting off with a multi-man match, uh, with the tag team battle royal. Uh, quite a few entrants, uh, quite a few too many entrances <laughs> to kind of... <laughs> yes, Brandon. Put him in, coach. Put him in. Great. Okay. That was the most disjointed thing I had ever seen from the word go. It was, and now, a multi-man tag match. And then it was like, are people, yeah. does he belong okay. in the ring? Wait, Kaz, does he belong in the, where's security? I, there's like seven guys in there that don't belong no, in there. Kaz, <laughs> I, I can I can tell you right now, this is not just an indie wrestling cliche, this is the kind of thing that goes all the way up to WrestleMania. This is something yeah. that happens on every promotion's biggest show of the year. 
there is always at least one match on the biggest show of the year where you try and get in as many people as possible so that way everybody can get a payday on the biggest day of the year. This goes I, from the indie shows all the way up to WrestleMania. Real talk. Look it up. I under I understand that. And I, I and, and and every time, whether it's an indie show or whether it is literally WrestleMania, it is always as disjointed and crazy and broken as this. Always. And I, I, I oh, think partially it also makes it way more disjointed when you only have the one viewing angle and you see this happen. You know? Again, I I have some. Are we gonna wrestle? No. Okay, you're supposed to wrestle him. Oh, cool, cool. No, please go ahead. No. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know what to fucking. Do. I'm gonna fucking tweet. Yes. In the greatest <laughs> match of my life. Hashtag uh, sold out. <laughs> Hashtag sold out. We have uh, sold out fate. Uh, sold out fit. Uh, we had entrants such as Milk Chocolate, uh, The Hoods, uh, Beyond Wrestling Staples, The Hoods, uh, Team Friendship, Third Oleg, your uh, team of Johnny Cockstrong and Oleg the Usurper. Uh, By the way, Johnny Cockstrong, I liked it better when it was Sexy Eddie from Montreal. So yeah, yeah, no way. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, old school it, indie here, reference. Yes. Uh, here they are Call listed on, as old bucks, but they showed up and they were Vine famous at the, at the event, which is an interesting, God. fun little thing. Yeah. Uh, and of course, EYFBO. Not knowing the people's, not knowing the people's current gimmick because it changes so often. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, EYFBO, a couple other teams, and of course, the uh, Crusade for Change trying to make a, make their, force their way as an entrance in their, no. uh, I want you to to sit, tell me what is the story on the Crusade for Change? Um, they are this promotion's current NWL. I'm gonna say, in the sense that they're the ones that are uh, trying to ruin everything and ruin everybody's fun and trying to uh, specifically, I think, uh, uh, not knowing too much of the context, but I but I gather that's their thing, and it's Darius Carter, who's you know. Okay. Uh, always trying to ruin everybody's fun. Uh, Alright. Also Marlon's win. So, there's that. Steven <laughs> Thank you for the baseball update on the wrestling podcast, Petey. And we yes. go uh, But now we move on. Yeah, you know, it's Darius Carter putting together a stable to try to take over Beyond Wrestling. You know, the, the, the Beyond Wrestling old school, you know, the founders. Uh, and we'll get into the, their further antics, but what, Drew, did you have a chance to chime in on your impressions of the Battle Royale? Um, <laughs> as, as Kaz said, there was a lot of nobody's quite sure of who to fight because from the word go, as was said, there was no semblance of any sort of sanity to the yeah. match. Um, Usually, I, I get getting everyone possible into the ring, getting everybody the good payday out of the event and all that sort of stuff. But usually at some point, there's some sort of, all right, we've got the one extra person from each team out of the ring, and then you have one person from each team in the ring, and there's like four or five teams, right? I get that. But like, nah, nobody left the ring until they were 
chucked out of the ring. That was just it. Yeah. Um, it was, it was the, cool. They did expedite things by having the one guy gets eliminated, the team gets eliminated thing. So at least they expedited things that way. Right. Or else this would have lasted more than 20 minutes. Um, yes. but I don't know. Like I, while it was funny seeing the, I don't know if I'm supposed to fight you or you right now. <laughs> like, I really want to hit you, but I really kind of want to hit you. Like, who am I supposed to hit? Like, what am I supposed to be doing here? Like, that part was funny to me, as well as the, there was actually, like, some cool stuff going on, if you looked for it. Um, unlike some of the other people on this podcast, I'm going to assume, um, I actually, for this match, and for a couple of the other ones, I actually enjoyed the one camera angle. There was ones where it didn't work. I will admit to that. Um, that one's coming up way later in the show. But um, for this one, I like the one camera angle because it lets you just sort of sit back and see those like weird, like, I don't know if I'm supposed to fight you right now, but I'm going to fight you anyway sort of moments, which I kind of I kind of liked because um, yeah. I enjoy a good bit of uh, humor in my indie wrestling, as I've said before. And that, to yeah. me, is a little bit of humor. They know that that's happening in the ring. Like, they're not going to say that that didn't happen in the ring. So watching that happen in the ring is funny to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was an interesting beginning, an inauspicious but kind of interesting beginning, uh, to the event. Uh, they, they kind of ends in an odd way, uh, doing, you know, uh, almost a little bit, uh, uh, I want to say without a, without a lot of fanfare, but it was, it was interesting. And then they also use that as a, tra- as a, as a jumping point and as a reason to announce that the next tournament for tomorrow was going to be a tag team, uh, tournament. So, uh, that was cool. That was cool. It was a cool, cool also, re- reason. It was a thing that happened. It was cool. I, I also like to say, I would like those American flag pants. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, Dick Justice. And then we got talk to introduce to the, Justice. let's talk about Dick Justice. We need to talk about Dick Justice. Dick Justice was the Panthers official host. American pants. He was on point. So we're Amazing. gonna, cause I have, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly thinking I'm gonna introduce Battle of the X's because I believe Dick Justice in that event came out as Robocop <laughs> during a cage match. <laughs> I need to see that. Yes, and we'll bring back Battle of the X's, Battle of the Sexes uh, from AIW and that'll be interesting. But let's talk about Dick Justice. Uh, what did you guys think of the, our official host of American Rana, uh, 14, Dick Justice? Well, he's a good brother, you know, he, he's working the towns and he, he's one of those old school brothers. He's, he's, a, he's a good one. Uh, he's a good worker. He's, he's working he's the towns and, and working the loop. He's a good hand. How, how, <gasps> Kaz, Kaz, what was your impression of Dick Justice? I, uh, southern cartoon character. Yes. <laughs> Which I think is the point. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is the point. That's the joke. Oh, no. That's, that's the joke. entirely the point. I liked it. I, <laughs> I love it. Was it. I thought it was fun. Dick Justice is hilarious. And uh, when they have all the proper audio and the proper finish. It was wonderful. Version, it was f- wonderful. Uh, and hilarious and, and, and fascinating. Uh, Dick Justice in his pants. And the, and the fanny pack. He brought the fanny pack. He brought the fanny pack of this event, and I appreciate him just for that. 
Uh, of course. That- oh, because that's the name of the show. Yes. Hmm? Yes. I got. Are we point. We point things school, out. The old school wrestling joke. Hey. Hey. Yeah. I see you, Petey. I I got it now. I got it. Yes. Which takes us to uh some more fun. Uh, somebody else who we love. Uh, I think somebody, we're gonna go into the next match with that star is somebody that I know DJM and I both love, uh, in Pinky yeah, Sanchez. Yeah, Pinky Sanchez! We have Sex and Candy versus Fear and Loathing in New England. A bit of a, it's a grudge match, uh, pitting former say, members of, uh, of Pinky the KOA. Pinky Sanchez is not off around the Indies often enough anymore. Yeah. I love that dude. Uh, of course, we have and Pinky Sanchez and our friend, our good old friend, Sugar Dunkerton, uh, the Adam Rose of slapping hoes. Don't, no, no, no. <laughs> don't say it. Special Dark Sugar D. Uh, <laughs> the Chocolate Ice Cream Dream. Andy. Sex and Candy taking on Adam, uh, I was gonna say Adam Cole, but, uh, uh, Aaron, Aaron Epic and Dave Cole, uh, Fear and Loathing in New England. Uh, this was a pairing off of, uh, uh, the former members of the KOA plus Pinky Sanchez. Uh, our good old friend Sugar Dunkerton ask, had to ask you, Cat. What was your impression mm-hmm. of these guys? What was your impression of seeing Sugar Dunkerton again? Seeing Pinky Sanchez? What was your impression of this tag team match? Took me a minute to realize that was Sugar Dunkerton, and then it also then uh came to the realization that he's been eating good <laughs> since I've last seen him. Well, <laughs> he was never exactly a gym rat. Yeah. No, but he was, he was a lot, there was a lot less of him the last time I saw him. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also a lot that. less shirt. Petey, I want to say, I want to see this tag team booked on every indie possible. Sugar Dunkerton and, and Pinky Sanchez, because for some reason, when they came out together, to me, it just seemed like, of course, this is perfect. <laughs> yes. These two are perfect together. I've never seen them as a tag team before until this show, but when they came out, it was, it was, it was serendipitous. It just, it was magic instantly. Just, these guys were made to be a perfect tag team together. And of course it works because it just does. Of course it does. Pinky Sanchez, of course it works. (laughs) It's Pinky Sanchez and Sugar Dunkerton. There's, you really can't go wrong with either of those two. And, Putting them together as as a tag team, it's it's whoever thought of it was brilliant. <laughs> All right, also, th- this match for entrance themes, also thumbs up for the entrance teams from both themes from both teams. Uh, Sex and Candy had American Woman, the original version, not that lame ass Lenny Kravitz version, and Fear and Loathing in New England had. A favorite of mine, uh, the theme song of the legendary Darkness Crabtree, and uh, just a song that I happen to enjoy, in Agata Devita by Iron Butterfly, that, yes. that resembles rock and or roll, as some yes. might say. Uh, but everything about this, I I just loved. Well, 
almost everything. There's one thing that I'm just not going to allow under no circumstances. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers will get muted. <laughs> uh, Drew, what was your impression of this match? How did, how did you enjoy this, uh, this showdown? Um, I very much enjoyed the match. Um, I did not know the backstory of Shirdy and Fear and Loathing until it was said on the uh, commentary. But uh, adding that in for guys like me who may have not known that, that was nice. Um, um, but the the match between those two, like as a tag team, uh, Sex and Candy, like that was really really good. I was when I saw. When I saw who I thought was Sugar Dunkerton coming around the corner, I was really hoping for that basketball jersey and like that flare again. Um, and I didn't get that and I was a little let down, but then like, it's still Sugar Dunkerton. It's still ridiculousness and that's all well and good for me. Um, the matchup was a lot, a lot of fun. And I, I agree with DJM on this. Like they, Texan Candy should be their gimmick now. Like that should just be the team. Like just let them be the team. Let them be ridiculous and stupid together. Let them take I'm over down the for indies. that. Sex and Candy needs to take over the indies. You heard it here yeah. first. I, I want to see them get booked like everywhere, like in a six month feud against the Young Bucks or something. Yeah, it's like <laughs> every every indie show in every territory you go to should have the the uh, Sex and Candy versus the Young Bucks uh, contest. Yes, please, I'll have what she's having. Yes. Uh, yeah, so just fantastic tag team wrestling. And uh, I think they were pretty fu- fun stuff. Uh, a lot of high flying, a lot of fun stuff. Uh, go from the exciting high flying to, uh, I think something completely different in the next match. You had the throwing the towel loser must retire match. Uh, a couple <laughs> of guys that are, st- you know, beyond wrestling guys. Uh, Nicholas K, who I've never heard of, uh, taking on Anthony Stone, who I have heard of because he's been on a couple of events we've talked about, namely, I believe, Wrestling is Art. Uh, he was on that show and, and I think we had some sort of impression on, on him. I'd have to go listen to the episode to remember what kind of impression we had of him. I uh, remember liking Anthony Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I, I said the same thing that I'm gonna say now. Uh, he's coming straight out of the indies of the early 2000s. Complete with the dis- with a disturbed theme song. Yes, <laughs> but, uh, but I don't mind that because I like Disturbed. But yeah, he was he was coming straight out of two thousand one, which was gloves. not a bad thing. Although at the same time, is c- kind of appropriate in in a loser must retire match. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, loser must retire. They they each had their own kind of like how John Zandig used to come out to "You've Got Wild" by Skid Row. <laughs> yes. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> you've oh, gone wild. Oh Zandig, uh, got to do the Zandig pose. Uh, and uh, they had you know Mike Quest and Talia Stone uh, respectively in the corner. I'll go with Drew. What was your impression of this little match? What was your impression of the insanity of this match? Now I said at the beginning that I actually enjoyed the one camera angle for all but like maybe a few matches and i think this was the first time where i went i wish i had another angle because there was the fights going on between the two extras on the outside 
Yeah. You just yeah. didn't see him. You heard the commentators talking about him, so you knew they were going to cut to him later. But it was the one camera angle. It was the one on the stick, like raw footage. And I get that. Um, the match overall was good. Um, I'm always weird about throwing the towel matches just because it's like, okay, but if they don't want to retire, like, you know, there's going to be some sort of story or they're going to switch characters or something like that. So like that, that gimmick to me is like, oh, okay, I get it. They're going to go on vacation or whatever and then come back if they feel like it, or maybe they got a new job and a different promotion, whatever, but that's all well and good. I really wanted to see the other fight that was going (laughs) on outside the ring and I couldn't see it. Damn it. But other than that, it was, it was a, Overall, a fun match yeah. with those little quibbles. We had we had we had uh, uh, somebody bleeding the hard way, <laughs> right, uh, brother, brother. That was that was out of nowhere. Getting the chair chucked in your face and actually start bleeding like a stuck pig five seconds into the match. That's right. right. Wait, I was going to say that was super early in the match. So quick, you're just like chair throw. Oh, 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 oh. All right, keep going. <laughs> like, good thing it wasn't a first blood. A good thing it didn't happen in the first blood match because that would have been right. right. <laughs> oh, Petey. Speaking of first blood matches, did you ever see the the first blood match between? I think it was Samoa Joe and uh, it might have been Abyss uh, in TNA, like in 2011. It was a first blood match, I and don't remember, it, it ended. When Joe got a cut on his arm <laughs> and like the referee was like, I gotta, re- I gotta call it. And, and Joe was like, what? What is going on? It's my arm. Like, look, it's, it's- and the ref was like, it's first blood. What do you want me to do? And- Which always illustrates how unbrutal first blood matches are. Cause you realize it's first blood. You're not going to get a bloody match out of a first blood match. Right. You're going to see blood and then it's over. First person to bleed out of court. Let's do that. There you go. You sound like you're making a case to be on a CZW show. Because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> then you got to bring out all kind of instrumentation to measure. You got to bring out a beaker. You got to bring him back and hover his head over it. Okay. Like, yeah. PD, you got to do the math of how much coverage is like an actual. No, you have to, court, you have like, to, you have to get your opponent and physically PD. get him over a beaker. And to Does this mean him. I. Am I going to have to explain the Muda scale to you guys? Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, that's not, that's not getting into the Muda scale. Uh, <laughs> so, Kaz, what, what was your impression of the, of the throwing the towel match? Um, I, I thought it was, it, it, it kind of harped back for, for me as, as a non-traditional wrestling fan to like ECW kind of style stuff. But then it got a little confusing. Because of the one camera angle, but I'm, I'm not going to harp on that right now. Um, but other I than, <laughs> but other than that, the the wrestling the parts of it were pretty interesting. Uh, the interferences, the the stuff like that, uh, the outside of the ring stuff was always kind of interesting, which was also really disjointed because like. It was just with, with with the fans being allowed to be right there at the the at the like 
ring, like physically right there at the ring. Sometimes it it made it hard to focus on the outside ring things because you're like, wait, there's is there something going on over there, or are two fans just getting into it? Like I I'm not sure. Um, you know, and because it, it was only the second match, so I'm still trying to figure out how to watch this thing. But other than that, like up until the very 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 last like like gimmick of the freaking chainsaw that looked like a fucking tonka toy <laughs> I, w- I was pretty i was pretty impressed yeah <laughs> like it was weird the chainsaw was weird the chainsaw ending was weird you know, chainsaw charlie making another appearance uh thank you terry funk uh but yeah it, w- it was a, a a wild bloody match kind of it had to they had to they're gonna have to clean up their canvas again might have to go through another canvas. <laughs> they lost their last one. Uh, but but in the end, lost. the end, it was the heel that lost and had to retire. Now, Petey, you've seen, we've seen plenty of farewell speeches in indie wrestling and retirement speeches. Yeah. But, uh, how many times have you seen the the heel, the bad guy, get the farewell speech? I don't remember. I can't remember. Doesn't ha- it doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's pretty much like this. And yes. Depending on, it's usually pretty funny. Yeah, I like. I like the. This is the part where you usually get out of character and be all sentimental and shit, and like, you know what? No, fuck you all. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck you all, and he just stuck out the finger, and then you got the uh, classic na 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 kiss a goodbye. You know, it's like. Uh, hey, hey, goodbye. Uh, that you always get. And it's, it was, it was funny. It was funny. Did you guys enjoy the, 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 the retirement speech? I actually thought it was kind of cool that, like, that they uh, had the move to do the retirement speech as the heel. I thought that was actually a nice touch. Like, to, for him to stay in character. It doesn't part. happen often in that no. case. Uh, even with baby faces or heels, it does not happen often. But when it does, it can be a lot of fun if you're if you're in the crowd, because yeah. you can just rail on them and the, the heels yeah. just totally pissed off. Yeah, Kaz, you had something to say? A lot of that in this showcase of just people like railing on the ground. <laughs> there was a lot of interaction. I think the the, the one of the mainstays of Beyond Wrestling is how. Also, also a lot. It is a lot of offers of penis and mouths to shut people up as well. Yeah, there was, <laughs> including in the main event. <laughs> and, and it was mostly dudes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot um, of a lot of shut your ass up, or I'm gonna come over there and put my dick in your mouth to shut you up. And it's like. You, I, I'm sure you can find a lot of different ways to shut that guy up. Like, you can use your hand, <laughs> you can use a well-placed rag. Although, although a saying fist. that usually works. If you, if you threaten that, it usually shuts people up. That, that's true. That's true. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Alright, so now we go from Move that on. match to the, to the <laughs> first, uh, to the first match of the night starring a WWE washout, uh, we have the teacher Aww. versus student, uh, Brian Myers, the Prince of Queens, uh, known to Formerly known as Kurt Hawkins. Formerly known as Kurt who, Hawkins. Who's taking career on. Will, whose career will go down as 
being Zack Ryder's tag team partner for a minute. <laughs> yes. Uh, taking on his student, apparently, a Ryan Adrenaline Rush, uh, in a, actually, a fun kind of high energy match, uh, that I think impressed me. I, I don't know. Do you need that nickname, like Adrenaline, when your last name is Rush? Yes. This is yes. indie wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's indie wrestling. You always say, need a nickname. I don't know if this is your first time to the rodeo cast, but it's cartoon characters beating on each other. Like, it's just one of those. You gotta have a nickname. It's pro wrestling, dude. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll go Skip with that. Uh, game up, Cooper. <laughs> uh, Drew, well, what was your impression of, of this contest? The, 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 the teacher versus student? I... I am un. The thing is, I come from this from the outside. I don't follow um, this promotion or any indie wrestling promotion really. Um, so I wish they would have sort of talked about why one was the teacher in the first place. Um, I, I will provide info on that one. Uh, okay. Brian Meyer, formerly Kurt Hawkins in WWE, he had right. started a school, a wrestling school, uh, in Long Island, I believe. Yeah. Uh, about a year or so ago. Uh, I guess this is one of his students, and as is typical in the world of indie wrestling, if, if a teacher or, or a reputable name gets booked, they will usually bring a couple of their best students. And this was the case with Brian Myers and Ryan Rush. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, got it. Okay. So that makes sense now. Um, Overall, the match, as you said, Petey, was uh, really good. Like, this was actually the first time that it wasn't just purely ridiculous, and there was actually, in my opinion, some good, like, technical stuff going on. There was a lot of good high-flying. There was a fair amount of, like, in-ring grappling. It was a good performance by both of them, Um, and this was the first time during this one that I really kind of saw it as more of that they were doing that side of wrestling as opposed to, like I just said five seconds ago, the cartoon characters bashing on each other. <laughs> like, so I, I very much enjoyed it for that. Um, now knowing the story, that's pretty cool as well. Um, didn't know yet. Didn't know that it was a thing for wrestlers to open schools and to do a lot of teaching in that area. So that's kind of cool to know too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's quite a few schools. There's New York Wrestling Academy. I know Mikey Whipwreck is constantly t- teaching kids out there. Uh, and we're gonna have a Mikey Whipwreck product later on, I believe in Dan Barry? No, wait, not Dan Barry. I know, uh, in Trent Breda, we're gonna talk about a Mikey Whipwreck product. <laughs> Mikey Whipwreck joint. But, uh, Kaz, what was your impression of these, what? these guys? Uh, it, that was one of the few matches that I actually paid attention to. So, I, I, I don't know. It was it was a, it was a when it comes to like the indie wrestling stuff, I like to see like kind of the either over the top, really complex wrestling or just like really cool technical shit. And it had a bit of both, and it it kept its pace for a good majority of the match. There was kind of like the third half near the end where it was just like I don't know what else to do kind of wrestling where it's just like, all right, uh, do this. Uh, want to do one of those? Nah, I don't really want to do one of those kind of, you know, like thought process. You can start to see the wheels turning. Um, but 
overall, really good match, and it was one of the few matches to me that played to the single camera angle. As as Drew said, like there are a few matches that single camera angle was perfectly fine for the style of wrestling that was going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it was an interesting, cool match. Very uh, talent filled. Uh, and we're gonna see some hopefully good, good things out of this kid, Ryan Rush. He's a good hand. He's a good work. Oh, he's too young to be a good hand. He's no, a good no. kid. Pete. He's a good Come kid. On, Sorry. God. I don't know. Come I'm on. just throwing things out there. God. I don't know what I'm talking about. Why am I hosting a wrestling show? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, okay. Uh, so w- from that, uh, we have the second match with the W, uh, starring a WWE washout. Uh, <laughs> We have a, uh, as I love how the announcer has uh, said all throughout the night, another fucking tag team match. Uh, <laughs> we have, uh, Team, team Tremendous. Team Tremendous. Uh, remarkably team average, tremendous. uh, Detective Darren Barry re- with, uh, Detective Bill Carr, Team Tremendous, taking on Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, best friends. Uh, DJM, I'm going to let you gush a little bit about the, these guys. Everything in this match is wonderful. You've got the Kentucky gentleman, smooth Chucky T. Tuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, another former WWE superstar, and probably the, their biggest mistake in letting go before El Perso Del Rio, uh, taking on another tag team that I wish would just get booked everywhere. Detective Dan Barry and Detective Bill Carr, who I still think should be a team with Officer Colt Cabana, uh, yes. team tremendous. And everything about this was wonderful. And I, I just, I, I know, Petey, you're going to ask Kaz and Drew, but I loved everything about this. I loved that Dick Justice was on commentary. It made Steve the Turtle Whiner tolerable. Uh, I loved how Dick Justice had a little bit of Jim Ross in him talking yes. about Dan Barry's athleticism <laughs> uh, because Dan Barry, for, for everything else, he, he occasionally has those moments where he shows he's surprisingly athletic, which is just fantastic for me. And somewhere in this match, he, be, he began interrogating Chuck Taylor, uh, complete <laughs> with a super amazing callback to Chuck Taylor's most famous feud. We're going back to like 2007 here, uh, with, with a ricochet reference, which was just yeah. amazing. And yeah. of course, everyone in the crowd re- reacted to it because everyone in the crowd knew it. I knew it. It was wonderful. And of course, Chuck Taylor sold it like Chuck Taylor always does. Could somebody fucking sign that guy already? Yeah. And I just loved every second of this. Yeah. And, and I'm saying it right now. Now that the dust has settled and Kevin Steen has been signed, uh, the question of who's going to be the next king of the indies, quote unquote, my vote goes to Chuck Taylor. I think yes. it's his for the taking. Yes, Chuck Taylor. Uh, Kaz, I want to ask you a couple of things. First, yeah. out, I would like to ask your impressions of the match. But before that, uh, when you heard uh, Team Tremendous's theme song, uh, did you start singing Size Champion in your head? I don't even remember most of the theme songs because they were really hard to hear. 
It was from Bever- It was the song from Beverly Hills Cop. Was it? I would have fucking loved that if I heard it. See, ladies and gentlemen of the fanny pack audience. Champion. Champion. Yes. I would have had so much more fun with this if I... The unfortunate part is in the edited version, we wouldn't have heard the theme. That's their gimmicks. They're cops. Yes. And they come out to the Beverly Hills cop theme. Kaz. See? 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 Just, just... It's what I'm working with. I had the video turned all the way up. And I'm just like, oh, I... I can I can hear the one announcer like in his fucking like because he got the good mic <laughs> like I hear the other dude fucking choking on fucking shitty audio cables. All right, no, uh, I don't is this, uh, uh, Drew. No, yeah, <laughs> on. best friends and team um, tremendous. What did you think? I like the team Tremendous came out with the Beverly Hills Cop theme song. <laughs> God damn right. God um, damn right. Also, we, wait, is that seriously what the theme song was? Because I didn't hear yes. that shit. Yes. <laughs> damn you. Sorry. I was waiting as, for it. Like, I was I actually, waiting to ask you that it would be a song size champion. <laughs> See, I... The, the minute... Hello, DJ. I'm gonna hear me anymore. Um, the minute I heard it, I actually uh, decided that I was going to cheer for Team Tremendous the entire time. Um, even if it wasn't a big guy in a collared shirt, like which automatically gets my respect for wrestling yes. as a big guy in a collared shirt and black pants. Like, yes. let's be fair, the motherfucker was probably sweating his now, ass off. I, I have to ask you this, Drew. Uh, as a mustachioed man yourself, uh, what what was your take on on Dan Barry's facial hair? Um, any mustached American automatically gets my vote. Um, I was getting around to that. Um, I am, uh, part of the, uh, I am a proud member of the American Mustache Institute. Um, so Dan Barry is a-okay by me. Um, so Team Tremendous, I, I very much enjoyed. Um, the Best Friends gimmick was funny to me for what it was, and this tag match as a tag match, I think was fantastic. They very much played the corners, which I like in a tag match, back and forth, back and forth. That's always well and good. But yeah, no, I I can't believe Kaz uh, didn't hear Beverly Hills Cup, and that makes me sort of sad because that mm-hmm. was that automatically got me way more into the match. Plus, <laughs> I want yeah. Team Tremendous because Team Tremendous has the awesome theme music. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. It was it was a fantastic match. Uh, match. Uh, a little inauspicious uh, of an end. Uh, fortunately, Trent Beretta going down with the injury, but it was yeah, definitely. You know, this, is this is the exact thing I saw. I was like, do, am, I, "Am I? Is this like the gimmick for Fanny Pack? Like, oh, we'll have Kaz on when some dude maims his <laughs> fucking dislocates <laughs> right. a fucking fucking toe and fucking pops his knee out of place and like, poor yeah. yeah, <laughs> guy, off like... into the sunset, most likely." Yeah. Right. Uh, poor guy. It's like, yeah, you know, he's like sat standing there. It's like, I'm pretty sure my kneecap is no longer attached. I'm gonna right. go get, I'm gonna go away. I gotta go, guys. BRB. 
popping my knee back in. The arm like, uh, hyperextension. Uh, uh, knee. Uh, problem. Yeah. 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 That, that sucks, I, I, but seeing him sort of limp out on his on a cord was nice. But. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the guy's helping him out. Both Bill awesome. Carr and and Chuck helping him out of the ring was kind of a cool moment and and kind of a. Oh, well, they're cops. You yeah, know? So you serve and protect. Um, but it's Unless always you're an unarmed black man. The, what? It's always one of those things. Do you see what DJM has to deal with. Do you see? <laughs> Oh, all right. So, no, but it's always one of those really disturbing things, especially at indie shows. You know when somebody got fucked up because the audience is always usually right there. And you just have that moment of like, no one's no longer watching what's going on in the ring. Everybody's looking at the dude on the ground. <laughs> like, right. It instantly yeah. goes from. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. It's it's a punk rock show. It's a punk rock show. Because like you if are, somebody gets passed up in the pit more, of the punk rock show, you are more like, on point oh, with that than you realize. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I've, yeah. Petey, you you are aware of the infamous Mark Briscoe shooting star press? Uh, I, you've made me aware of it. Yeah. I was live for that and. Yeah, I, I've been live for some of those moments where the the entire crowd lasers in on the one dude lying down. I, I think that happened at the Chikara show we went to, DJM. <laughs> Maybe. It might have. I know, I know I was at uh, Lufisto's unfortunate incident at WrestleCon when she uh, popped out her, I believe, uh, hurt her knee. Uh, I actually watched her hobble her way over from the the locker room quote unquote to the merch table trying to with a chair as a walker which is like, <laughs> adorable i was gonna help her i was gonna give her, my, give her my shoulder but somebody uh somebody offered to carry her and i was like i, you, I i'm not gonna be able you to said I'm, I'm popped to out of and i got really i was like oh this is going somewhere better and then it didn't then, <laughs> no uh, <laughs> no it was her knee i think her knee like went in the wrong place yeah, uh that's not... yeah. yeah uh but yeah it was it was tough and we wish the best to Trent Beretta. Uh, he's a good guy. He's a cool guy. Fun guy. Uh, moving he's on a to, as well. uh, we, we touched upon, uh, the, the term. We, we finally get to our first blood match. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs, <sighs> the zombie princess versus Eric Corvus. Uh, do, do, uh, you, you side. <laughs> what was that well, side about? Um, because the, the thought when you hear first blood match, the excitement is bloody match. And then halfway through the match, you realize, oh, wait, as soon as somebody's bleeding, it's, it's going to be done. Right. <laughs> so like you always want the bloody match, but you never get the bloody match. And then this one ends on the weird, like poker in the back of the neck, like knife yeah. thing that was weird. Uh, um, I will provide some backstory. Yeah. Okay. Good, because I don't have that. Jimmy Jacobs has been having crazy bloody matches like this for the better part of a decade. He's for 
as good as he is all around, he's kind of best known for like the bloodier matches. And the spike, the stick, has kind of become his trademark over the years. He's been <sighs> using that for like maybe like six, seven, eight years now. And that's just kind of his trademark thing to use in matches like this. Mm-hmm. That's how he makes guys bleed. Got it. That's also how he's made himself bleed on occasion because he's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, cause it's crazy like that. Or, you know, he's had, uh, he's also known for having, uh, one of the Briscoes bleed on him while delivering a speech. Uh, of course, that's, that's a, that's a whole other incident. Um, but yeah, first blood, Jimmy Jacobs versus Eric Corbis. Uh, it, 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 it Eric Corbis was the, Eric Corbis is the steampunk guy, right? Yeah, he's a steampunk guy. He was, uh, a he little more of a jolly have a lot of his, him. he didn't have a lot of his, his steampunk gimmickery. For this yeah, match. It, this is what, and I think we've seen him before in another Beyond Wrestling show. Uh, when he's in Beyond Wrestling and he's more into this version of his character, uh, he's he, you don't see it as much. When he was at uh, National Pro Wrestling Day in an audience that maybe didn't know who he was, he brought back the steampunk stuff. You know, the book with the machinations and the you know uh, the 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 hat because uh, you, you gotta know, work that, the gimmick, brother. Especially on the big shows. That, that, that's how you sell merchandise over at the gimmick table. Yes. I'm, yes I do. was, I was watching the Wrestling Road Diaries too, and I'm like on this big Luke Gallows kick. I don't know why. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'll go to you, Kaz. Kaz, what was your impression of First Blood? Um, I, I, I think like Drew, it, it, it has that initial excitement of like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, like, these guys are gonna go at it because they gotta try to make each other bleed or whatever. And then the, the weirdness of the interruption and, and weirdness for me because I didn't know the backstory of why the, these three gentlemen, uh, came out and attacked this man. And once again, bad audio lost a lot of what they were saying to him, except for the part where the dude said, I'm, I'm so excited to, to do this to you that I'm, Bob, I'm gonna come, <laughs> which I think caught everyone off guard, even the announcers, because they were like, "Is did he just say he was gonna come on that man?" Right. <laughs> like that. I missed that thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The announcers yeah. talked about it for all of like ten seconds. They were like, "We're going to leave that alone now." <laughs> like, <laughs> that was oh, which even which off. even. The dude who said it went, oh yeah, cause I'm so excited. I'm gonna cut. What the fuck did I just say? I'm gonna take a walk. Like, <laughs> made a laugh and came back and was like, so, it's like the book, moving it was the book on other things. It was, it was a very Booker T moment. I'm like, Hulk Hogan, I'm coming for you, nigga. Oh, like, oh. I got caught up in the excitement. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. It's like, uh, Darius <laughs> Carter. Uh, and of course the, the, the big reveal that nobody in the audience got, which was that, uh, Danny Only was back. Yeah, that was a Who's fail. Danny Only? I don't know. Danny Only is a guy. And he came back. Uh, he's also a veteran, so. God So we can him. move on to the next match. Yes. Uh. Cause I'm hyped. I'm hyped for this one. <laughs> uh, we have the European rounds match. Uh, with, uh, oh, no, not a, this one. This one. sorry, not this one just yet. 
Uh, I think I have an idea for which one you're hyped about. Uh, but this one we have the European rounds match with, uh, uh, DJM's favorite guy, Drew Gulak. Uh, taking, yay. <laughs> yay. Uh, taking on Tommaso, Tommaso Ciampa, uh, the Sicilian, uh, the guy with the most is- fun name in wrestling to say. The Sicilian psycho, Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso if hear, Ciampa. If you hear Prince Nana say it, it's wonderful. Yes. Uh, Tommaso yes. Ciampa. Yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, in a European rounds match, uh, DJM, were you able to gather the rules and, and regulations of this match? Well, what I know of the, the British Lancashire style of wrestling and then the world of sport rules is that there are multiple rounds and they're usually for five minutes or so with whomever won the match winning the most rounds or getting a pinfall and all of that. Yeah. So because as far as because Drew Gulak fancies himself to be Mike Quackenbush 2.0. <coughs> no. But, uh, yeah, this match happened. Yeah, it was, uh, 10 three <laughs> round, 10 three minute rounds, and it was going to be contested to two pinfalls, or two submissions, or a pair, a combination of the two, or a knockout. Uh, if you broke one of the, you know, you, you were not supposed to advance on a, a downed opponent, uh, and if you broke, if you break a rule, you get a public warning by, by Bryce Remsburg, uh, which, which is, uh, an, an emotionally jarring experience getting publicly warned by Brian's, Bryce Ramsberg. He is a very stern official. He's a very, you know, you know, by the letter guy. He can really put you in your place. And three public warnings gets you a disqualification. Uh, this was, this was, uh, let's please the wrestling nerds. Uh, I was not pleased. Were you guys pleased? <laughs> This is around the time in watching this that I came up with the Titanic thing in my head and watched an episode of the IT crowd. <laughs> and then Good talk. Like, uh Drew? I don't I don't know if I can make it. <laughs> I guess I guess we're going to uh defer to me for a while because like I powered through this. This was definitely weird. Um yeah. Not what I'm used to in professional it's, it's, wrestling. It's, being not, it's very removed from the norm. Yes. Uh, even I, unless, unless it's the right talent. Even I have a very hard time when people want to try and do these weird rule European matches. Rule, European rule matches. They're, they're very weird. Yeah. So like I wasn't a hundred percent sure why people were getting disqualified because it looked like normal pro wrestling stuff that I was used to. <laughs> that was the same thing. I, I was like, what just what? Excuse he, me. He was advancing on a downed opponent. You can know, somebody give of... me? Can somebody give me the PDF file that goes along with this match? <laughs> like, <laughs> the show notes. You got to check the show notes. <laughs> like there's oh, right. There's Dungeons and Wrestling's version uh, 3.5. You gotta read through that book first. Um, yeah, again, it's it's this is this was like the British. This is the British stuff, so so it's totally. It's different. Heart Dungeons and American Dragons. And hey, everybody, look at that! Drew Gulak did something that Mike Quackenbush did a few years ago and failed miserably. Hey, now, will you look at that? It happened again. Looking at the size of these guys, I would like to point out, I'm not making fun of you for your decisions, but... 
<laughs> didn't like it. No, I was yeah. like, like Heather I was like, I was like, okay, don't fully understand the rules, but let's keep watching and see if I do. Don't. Then there was a knockout, and I was like, oh, all right, so it's over. Cool. Yeah. Like, let's. Somebody accidentally rang a bell, and that's the finish. Yeah. Like I just, I all I know that happened was shit. And then the bell rang, and then somebody said something about a minute, and then a dude got really angry and left. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, either that was some really strategic writing, or I missed out on something, and the ring announcer got bored. <laughs> it was just you like, you, you oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, there's a minute left. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> like, like, it's just like, Uh, yeah, that match Moving on, uh, to, <laughs> to, uh, a couple of great talents, uh, in a showcase match. We had, uh, fighting out of Seattle, Washington with the Seattle Seahawks, uh, attire, uh, and colors. We had none other than, uh, Kimberly. And then we had uh, in the other corner in his uh, USA attire, in his US Ant attire, if you will, uh, we had the now re- newly rechristened Silver Ant, uh, right. formerly known as Green Ant. The Silver Ant, even though he was originally the Green Ant, but he was wearing his US Ant attire. I remember that from the commentary because that was when I also realized they had switched commentators a few times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Wait. I've been hearing different people. <laughs> like, he didn't realize that. And they were taking on. No, they were taking on each other. It was uh, Kimberly versus Silver Ant. Uh, mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in kind of a, a fascinating uh, showcase for both talents, specifically for somebody who I think has been uh, impressing people, and it's been impressing me every time I've seen her, Kimberly. Uh, we talked to her about her on the AIW JLIT, uh, you know, JT Lightning Invitational Tournament. And we were impressed with her then. Uh, and in a couple other places. Uh, DJ, she what, what, might, she might have been the one thing I liked about that interspecies wrestling show. That, mm-hmm. that might have been her. Or, or I know she might have been like the one highlight of a show that I really didn't like. So it, it was either interspecies wrestling or CZW. She was on one of those and she was like the only positive thing that came out of it. But yeah, Kimberly. She's, Kimberly. she's good. She's Kimberly's good. good stuff. Uh, I have to ask you, I'll go with, uh, Kaz now. Kaz, what was your impression of, of this match? Um, I usually like anything with the ant characters in it, cause they're really, really good wrestlers. They, they're really entertaining. They're really technical and they make the other person look good. And even sometimes when the other person doesn't need that, that help, to look good, like, they can do that, and, like, Kimberly seemed to be one of those people that didn't need it, but it made the match that much more better. Mo better. Mo better. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a fantastic match. Uh, Drew, what what did you think of the contest? Um, I'm going to reiterate what Kaz said, like, the, the Silver Ant was a fantastic technical wrestler, and this Kimberly seemed also really, really fantastic, really technical, and seeing the two of them really sort of go at it, like, this was one of those matches where the the one camera angle, in my opinion, really shined, 
we're going to get to another one where I'm going to make fun of the one camera angle real quick, but this wasn't that one. Um, they both seemed really, really good. Um, I like me some uh, female wrestlers taking on the dudes every now and again, uh, as mm-hmm. we know on my Addy Starluff and all that. So um, seeing this one how was... How you doing, girl? Hey, girl. We um, forget about you. <laughs> we got to have one Addy Star name drop every time me and Cass come on. Um, mm-hmm. I love Addy Star. So, this is the one good thing to come Let's out of Canada. But, but Kimberly! <laughs> Kimberly! Also, pretty dang good wrestler. Pretty impressive. Um, mm-hmm. Overall, this match was... As Kaz said, there was there was that sort of she didn't need the lift to look better, but somebody like Silverant really did push that a lot farther. Really, a lot of fun. A lot of great talent and a great way to kind of uh, push her up and keep showcasing her because I think I, I she is getting booked, but I want to see her booked everywhere. I think she's she's really impressed me and she's she's really growing at it as a talent. Uh, and I think once we, st- once we, again, another show I planned on, on including, once we get, actually get into a shine show, we're going to talk about several female wrestlers that, uh, that I thoroughly enjoy and think should be booked everywhere. Leva Bates, Petey? Leva Bates? Leva Bates. And her tag team partner, Mia Yim. Got to me some Mia Yim in Mia Fighting. Uh, and. Next match. Yes, this match. Yeah, I, Fantastic I, I, match. I no, no too. mumbling off anymore. Yes. Let's go. We're picking up the pace. Yes. Picking up the pace. Young Bucks. We got to speed it up now. Come on. Let's yes. go. Young Bucks. Speed, speed the Young Bucks. Woo! All right. Deserves a lot. Young Bucks. All right. Yes. Also, young Bucks. They Hot came block. out to their theme song. Yes. Uh, we had the uh, Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, taking on, uh, Juicy JT Dunn, the Juice JT Dunn, uh, and the product, uh, uh, the other guy, the product. I forgot his name. Uh, <laughs> Juicy product. The product. <laughs> uh, juicy product, uh, the guys responsible for the shiner that Kimberly was sporting in the previous match. Uh, t- for t- the t- record, it is, this is the first time in a very long time since I've actually heard the Young Bucks theme song. Since in ROH and Shakara, they use in-house theme songs. And for PWG, they can't use music because they're through high spots. But hearing the Young Bucks come out to Hanson again, it made, I'm sure, many an indie wrestling fan very, very happy. Because for whatever reason, anything the Young Bucks do, it gets over as fuck. (laughs) And hearing the Young Bucks come out to Hanson again, like it's 2008, it was just wonderful for me. I loved it. Yes, it was a fantastic moment. And hearing everybody, I mean everybody singing along to 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 Mbop was awesome. awesome. There were some hilarious. Bullet Club shirts in there too. Yes, too sweet Bullet Club. Somebody too sweet me. Yes, uh, <laughs> Bullet Club, and of course we had Juicy Product, who are uh, also over as fuck, as they actually have a T-shirt specifically saying they are over as fuck, and they drew the that very chant. Uh, in their entrance, uh, a couple of talented, high flying tag teams, a couple of crazy super kick. guys who can who super kick, super you know? kick, super uh, kick the referee. Yes, super kick We're the referee the to get it started. Starting off early. Yes. No trailing uh, off. No mumbling. Tag team yes. wrestling. 
Fast pace, let's wrestling. go. Yes, Kaz, Kaz what, what did you think, think of this match? I love anything and everything that I get to see of the Young Bucks. I think the first time was in a different showcase, which I can't remember. And then the next time was when me and DJM were at ASIN and went to the Chikara show and got to see the Young Bucks, which I think is the per- one of the Young Bucks was the person who fucking somersaulted out of the ring and fucking popped his knee uh, um, <laughs> during yeah, that show. Know. I think that's what it was. Um which also almost happened in this show. <laughs> yeah. That happens with them. That happens. Yes. Uh, oh, but no, fucking, I was so glad I watched the rest of the show, uh, because like, oh, breaking the fourth wall. Like, Drew was like, oh shit, I didn't realize there was a whole nother, like, half an hour to this. And I had about, like, 45 minutes left as well. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to muscle through and watch the rest of it. And then I saw the Young Bucks and I was like, thank you. that's your reward (laughs) yes it was like it's just that sweet sweet reward of like hey you decided to muscle through this here you go um and i was so happy that's the magic of pro wrestling right there that's what it is Mm -hmm. yes the young bucks uh fantastic tag team wrestling drew what did you think of this contest I am, I'm also going to get in the corner of the Young Bucks, um, because my, my in to pro wrestling in general was the, uh, HBK, Triple H, X-Pac, Billy Gunn, Road Dog era of D-Generation X. That was sort of my first love in professional wrestling. Um, call me what you will. Um, but that was sort of, I loved them. <laughs> like, they were awesome to me. So anybody who in the ring will sort of remind me anything of HBK, I am 100% down with. Um, so. These guys are the Rockers and the Hardys and oh, yeah. some 21st century self-awareness in indie wrestling and oh, that's, yeah. that's the Young that's, Bucks. That's that's why I love like NWO and the Generation X and like the Hardy also, Boys. Petey, you know, like, Petey, so much fun. I I think we need to bring this up. Uh, as it has come out, uh, the Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson, they they seemed to uh, squash their beef with Booker T. Yeah. Uh, and it was Kevin Steen, in fact, that tweeted out the picture of Booker T and the Young Bucks finally shaking hands. Yes. So, uh, do you think starting, say, right around now, do you think the Young Bucks are on the clock? I mean, they're, they're in New Japan right now. They're, they're, they're they're on the board. They're in New Japan. They're on the draft board. They're, they're, well, they're in New Japan right now. They're part of the Bullet Club. They're part of the, the hottest wrestling faction in the world right now, the Bullet Club. Mm -hmm. But, but so was Fergal Devitt? So was Fergal Devitt to me? So was Fergal Devitt. Indeed. So, so, do you think that the Young Bucks might be on the clock? That I, I, it, it seems like the, the WWE is drafting, and they're definitely on the board. I would definitely say I, they are on the board. I would have to say Nick, Nick and Matt are, Jackson are probably on the board. If WWE ever decides that they care about tag team wrestling again, I, I think that the Young Bucks would have to be, uh, have to be on their radar. Yes. Uh, it it's one of those Wrestling would be back on my radar <laughs> if WWE we, we, grabbed these guys. 
we we've compared them to the Hardys and like that that hype train that the Hardy Boys were in that era of kind of being like the the kind of silly rocker kind of things. But like the Hardy Boys were also a little bit more serious in, in their their <laughs> the approach to no. it. The Young Bucks are pretty obnoxious, yes. right? And, and, and awesomely I, so. I think. In, in, I don't know what the world of WWE is nowadays, but like that kind of fun, like especially in tag team wrestling, is so needed and so much fun. It's and like, rare. you know, like the, the Hardy Boys were a showcase because of what they did in the ring. These are the kind of guys who can be the full package, which is usually what the WWE is looking for, you know? Like, they can be the guys that you can just put a camera on, and they're, they're gonna be fun, and, and, and you're, they're gonna be entertaining, and then when it gets to that point, when they're in the ring, and they're doing what they need to do in the ring, they're gonna do shit that fucking makes kids do shit in their room that, that is on the news, you know? And, yeah. <laughs> in a sense, those are the things I may have, I may have jumped from a couch to a bed because of Deterioration X. <laughs> I've, I, I, like I said, I used to, I used to backyard wrestler. I've said that before. Uh, backyard wrestler? Yes. Callback. Um, Call, episode, you're, you're episode title callback. <laughs> no mumbling and incorrect <laughs> English. Tag team match. Fast yes. pace. Let's go. Uh, but let me, let me ask you guys, what did you guys think of the juicy product? Cause they were another important part of this, uh, match and they were, uh, showcased pretty well. What did you guys think of the juicy product? I love their, I, I, I just want to say I that I love that their name. The young bucks. <laughs> like, I know they were wrestling other people, but it was like, oh man, the young bucks are so good. <laughs> like, I like their name. And I think that they they pretty much put beyond wrestling in a microcosm. They are clearly really good, and, and there's room for growth. And I hope they grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Drew, what 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 did you think of the juicy product? Um, I'm going to say, um, while it's obvious that we're gushing over the young bucks a little bit, for a tag team, for any tag team, no matter how good the tag team is, to look really good, they have to be across from people that at least know what they're doing. Um, and Juicy Product delivered that. They very obviously were solid for doing, and that was all well and good. There was some, as I said at the beginning, some lunacy to it, a little yes. bit, um, crotches in people's faces and whatnot, but it was good. They provided good wrestling and a good opponent to make, in my opinion, the people who I was kind of watching for the Young Bucks look good. So, mm-hmm. fantastic tag team wrestling, kick-ass people, super kicks, super kicks, super kicks. Before and now we, we get move, to the main. Before, before we move on to the main event, I just want to say one thing about American Rana that that really stood out to me was just. Just how much dancing there was in this show, and it really reminded me how indie wrestling shows are really just big dance parties for people that don't want to dance anywhere else. Yes. <laughs> if you go to an indie wrestling show, you're going to hear some music that you're going to enjoy, and nobody's going to judge you for what you do. It's a yes. fucking party where people fight for in your fact, entertainment. In fact, there was a Ring of Honor show. Uh, on, like, I think it was actually the day that Michael Jackson died. 
And for the whole show, like in between, like for the intermission, and I think a few of the wrestlers had their music changed, it was almost nothing but Michael Jackson. And everyone loved it. And during the intermission, I got to do the thriller dance with a few people, and it was wonderful. And that's what I noticed about American Ranas, that everyone was having a really good time. And that's what you need at shows like this. It was, it was a, it was a, a very high intensity environment, very fun environment. Everybody was into it, uh, into being there and having fun. Uh, the drinks were flowing. Apparently there, apparently, uh, there was some good beer, like not just beer, but like, you know, draft beers and it's apparently a really cool, cool bar. And it wasn't just PBRs. Yeah. It was, uh, there was grilled cheese, apparently. So there was apparently really good grilled cheese. So. Uh, it was a good show, so it's definitely something that you would want to attend. Beyond wrestling shows seemed like a very good time. And if Drew Cordero, in fact, does what he wanted to do, which was craft beer wrestling show, where you get a specific craft beer paired with each match, that would be one of the uh, most fun shows to ever be at, uh, I would say. <laughs> Pairing a craft beer to a, to a wrestling match. I can see awesome that. Idea. Yes. But moving into the main event, moving into the main event, uh, Michael Elkin, the unbreakable one, not the host of Tech News Today, Mm -hmm. uh, and your current and reigning Ring of Honor world champion, taking on Chris Dickinson. Mm -hmm. A couple of hard-hitting guys, a couple of intense guys. Michael Elgin, like I I, I opined uh, in our chat, uh, no longer with the mullet, no longer with his... However, Petey, as I said to you, and Sugar Dunkerton, in fact, said this on commentary. He won the Ring of Honor World Championship after he cut the mullet. So yes. maybe, maybe that's what was holding him back all along. Mm-hmm. Maybe. He took on Chris Dickinson in this match. Uh, a guy that we've had a couple of times on this show. Uh, he, he's sort of playing the nobody wants to book me cause I'm, I'm too real gimmick. Yeah. That nobody outside of CZW dare play. But, uh, this match overall, Michael Elgin is as beast mode as he ever was. But, uh, this is one of those times where I looked at this match as Chris Dickinson's Ring of Honor tryout. I looked at this match as something that Chris Dickinson probably went in thinking that if people see me have a good match with Michael Elgin, I could probably see myself getting into Ring of Honor, which would be awesome for him. And Michael Elgin is Michael Elgin. And when you're the Ring of Honor World Champion, you're usually working with guys that are pretty much either at your level or maybe just a touch higher. This is one of those rare cases where if you're the Ring of Honor World Champion, you're working with a guy that was not quite on your level, and you had to bring him up. Mm-hmm. I thought this match was a little long. A little yeah. long. Yeah, I'll agree with that. If if I'm Michael Elgin, I'm kind of looking at Chris Dickinson and I'm saying, Even when you get to the maybe, point... Maybe not now, but <laughs> maybe like in uh, six months or a year or so. Because I I liked this, but it really started to drag. 
And I, mean, I can it, definitely tell you it was not because of Michael Elkin. It was one of those things where it got to the point, even with the interference, you're like, okay, great. We're, we're coming, we're coming to wrap up this rodeo. And then they went, no. And you're like, no, but you already interfered and you did like that thing. And they're like, nah, but we got no. like, Michael Elgin's got 20 more minutes. He's got to have a comeback though. Yeah. Right. And it's just, it, it was just like, it, it just kept going and I'm just like, I, I like, I was looking like at the like I will load say, button and I'm like, is there another match? <laughs> like, like yeah, there's I another match. I thought that this. too. Uh, and I've seen guys have long matches and make them very good. Uh, the thing about longer matches is that when they're really long, you don't notice. Uh, yeah. Say, you know, 30, 40 minutes later, you're like, wow, 40 minutes passed. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. That was not the case with this. Uh, mm-hmm. And I will say that it's partially because Michael Elgin was working with a guy that was not quite on his level. Yeah. There, there is also like a lot of in the beginning of trying to do like the, the test of strength thing with these two really strong guys that led to nothing. <laughs> yeah. The unstoppable force versus the immovable object sort of feel to it. Yeah. It's very beginning. Yeah. yeah. But then... it, it, it didn't come across that way. It didn't come across with the epicness that it, it should have had to it because it was just like, uh, do this. Oh, I didn't do it. Oh, really? Well, this thing. And like, it, it felt like it was supposed to be epic, but it, it just never got there. And then right. they like finally move on from that to like the next thing. And it's just, it, it was just like a lot of like, you're almost there. Like you're almost really entertaining, but you're at that level where I'm noticing everything. Mm-hmm. And that that's never what you want, especially coming off of that that great tag team match where where that thing happened, where I was no longer pressed about time. I was no longer like I was no longer in my Titanic mode of like, God damn, this thing is a long show. Like this match put me right back on that planet of like looking at the bar scroll across and being like, there must be like three more matches after this. There has to be. Like, <laughs> and then it's like, nope, this one's still going on. Yeah. Nope. Oh, someone just said this is the last match. Okay. All right. Okay. Interference. Cool. We're, we're wrapping this up. No, we're still going. But in general, okay. in general, I, I will say that I, I know for certain Michael Elkin is capable of better. I've, I've seen it. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh Yeah. That that was it, it, for a main event. It was kind of a. Eh. But uh, overall, that was American Rana 2014. PD Rave. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fantastic. Uh, I think a really fun event. A really uh fun environment. Uh, we had had its ups and downs, as you all you know heard from the guys. But uh, well, let's talk about uh, your all feelings overall at the end of the day. Uh, I'll go with you, Drew. Drew, what did you feel about the event overall at the end of the day? Um, at the end of it, there was some stuff that reminded me why um, indie wrestling sort of fun. The Silver Hand stuff, the 
sugar dunk tin being sugar dunk tin. Um, all that sort of stuff reminded me why this sort of thing is really a lot of fun to me. Um, but at points it dragged. Um, like any wrestling, in my opinion, there's always going to be the sort of jobber matches, uh, for lack of a better term, I guess. The, okay, this is just a match because we don't want to do the main event yet. Yeah, the main event wasn't that special, but it's the, we don't want to do the main event yet, so here's this weird match, or whatever. The European match felt like that to me. Um, that is known as the cool-down match. Yeah. Right, right. Let's let's give everybody some time. But overall, it was very, very enjoyable. Um, WWE, if you're looking to sign uh, two people from this, uh, I would say uh, Shirty and uh, the Young Bucks. <laughs> Although that would be three people, not two. Yeah, I would say Chuck Taylor and the Young Bucks, and keep your eye on Sugar Dunkerton. Yeah, I just like. I, I, I would say the Young Bucks, Chuck Taylor, and Michael Elgin because I know yes. he's that. Elgin, like, Michael Elgin okay. is on the last level. match. The last match, he did really seem to be trying to elevate something that might not have been there. But I will agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, Cass, what what did you think about the event overall at the end of the day? Um, overall, it, 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 there were good highlights. There were good things to to pick out of it. I I would love to watch it again, fully edited, like with the vision of of what an editor thinks I should see versus seeing everything from this kind of one disjointed angle um, kind of thing. Uh, and maybe if they could get like a really good editor to shorten some of the like longer matches that weren't that good. <laughs> the last one. Smackdown style. All right. It's so DDM, my turn. Yes. yes. I said earlier that I was going to say something about this. For a while now, indie companies have been able to put out shows and DVDs weeks and days after the show. There are live iPay-per-views in HD with multiple cameras. As far as I'm concerned, Beyond Wrestling has no excuse. This should not have happened. This was a really good show from start to finish that deserved to be seen at full quality with the hard camera and multiple camera angles. This was a really good show all around, in my opinion, but the fact that we only had the one raw camera angle, in my opinion, is unacceptable. I I know it's indie wrestling. I know most of it is done on a shoestring budget, but plenty of other indie companies are able to play this off, and I'm not going to give Beyond Wrestling a pass on this one. So this this should have been better. Yes. Uh they need to get on the ball. I think it was it's good that they give us something instead of nothing for a long time, but uh you should be able to edit it quicker. Uh if nothing else, at least have a wirecast switched version, a live to tape version at least. Like you, it, it shouldn't take this long to edit. Also, Steve the Turtle Weiner on commentary. 
That's a terrible decision. <laughs> I was surprised that that wasn't awful. your thing because you've been harping on that the entire time. Yeah, horrible. I mean, Jakara did that like for one match on one show, and it was panned universally, which never happens in Jakara. But yeah, no. Mm-hmm. No. 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 So. No. Fantastically fun uh, show. I had its pitfalls, but uh, and namely the the quality of the uh, the video, and it should have been edited quicker. I think Beyond Wrestling is going on the right path. They need to do this whole editing things quicker. This I know was it's a HD. really good show with a couple of really big mistakes. Yes, uh, and I think no, that's there, the, the there, thing that there's. There's no excuse for that in today's age of of multimedia. Like like the 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 quickness in which most people turn things around. Like like and sometimes even just one person is like recording something and then editing it themselves and then putting it out as content like and yeah it's not a three and a half four hour show sometimes but you know like you you can really 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 do quick cuts you can do this stuff fast you can hire people whose jobs it is to be camera operators and editors so that one they know the footage that they already captured and they know their cut points and all kinds of things and like these things can happen so much quicker in in today's age and like you said like there's even freaking easy setups of buying like you could buy a bunch of DSLRs for 4 or 500 bucks get wiretap or Here's any of the these thing like, about all of that i i uh, will tell you an indie re- wrestling a person that runs an indie wrestling company will say, we have no money to even buy ourselves lunch. But my response to that is, you know what? You probably have some fans that know their way around video editing. You probably have some people that could help you rent a few high-quality DSLRs. You should probably ask. Mm-hmm. I really, I really have nothing to... To me, that's a huge, huge mistake. Hell, there, there, there are things that I watch on the internet that are edited and produced shows that are shot with phones. You know, like, and I'm not saying that that's an option, but I'm just saying, like, you get really good footage out of shit, and and there are so many options of things that you can get footage out of that you can do on the cheap, and I think it's the the bigger than bigger than what you're doing mindset of like oh if we do this we need this kind of setup where it's like you don't really need that much of a setup you know you need you 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 have the cameras already like all you got to do is really i think it comes down to the day is like start editing already why are yeah. you not editing right now? What are you doing right now? Are you asking your are you asking your Twitter followers a dumb question about the world of wrestling? No, we don't. You don't need to ask them if they're using the uh the SuperCard app on the iOS. You can use that time you're monitoring that social media and go edit. You but can get- you know what? Hopefully they figured that out. Uh, let's yeah. take it home, Petey. 
Yes, let's take it home. Uh, a fine show, a couple of glaring mistakes, but I think, uh, overall, I think not, uh, we're gonna get back, I think, hopefully everybody enjoyed it. Uh, let's get to the guys. Kaz, let me ask you, mm-hmm. what do you got going on What's in the up? world? Uh, shooting your shit with two nerdy black eyes, other projects to be named, uh, your mom. Mm-hmm. Drew, what do you got going on in the world? Um, well, you can find me at XDrewSuperX, um, on the tweeters, um, Bird Ghost Tweet, and you can find me, uh, alongside this year, uh, this year Floridian and a few other jokers, uh, making fun of music. At, uh, at four record breakers, um, or four, or record breakers podcast.com yes. would be that website. Mm-hmm. Deej, what do you got going on at deltajuliamike.com? I'm not going to say all of the things I'm doing. I'm just going to say go to the website, deltajuliamike.com. Deltajuliamike.com. Uh, you can find me at PD Rave, shows fannypackwrestling.com. Uh, Fanny Pack WP Twitter account. Check out iTunes, Stitcher. Subscribe to the things. Give us reviews. L- give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, let us know if you're excited to see us back. Uh, tell Denver, Colorado, he can edit quicker than he than he than he's doing right now. Uh, <laughs> Peter, wow, chal- really? chal- challenge him to an edit match. <laughs> edit this. <laughs> like, like I'll edit my show before your show. Hasta los huevos, everybody. Until next time, uh, hasta los huevos. A challenge, a fucking edit death match. Toodaloo.